Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Monday, October 2nd, 2023, I wish you the happiest of National Produce Misting Days. Today's show, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports, your place for all things Big Ten Sports content. You can find them on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, anywhere. And I mean anywhere. You're getting content. Make sure you go find Big Banter Sports. They've also got a website. They are, of course, a kind partner of our show, pushing out content every single week for Big Ten football, and now really starting to ramp up the Big Ten basketball coverage. So make sure you go find them. You don't want to miss out. You don't want to miss out on the content being shown there. On today's show, programming note, nothing, and I mean this firmly, nothing on Taylor Swift. This is a safe space. She probably has a song called Safe Space that's not intended to be a pun. However, on today's show, what we will feature is we'll talk about the Ohio State front court. Now, you may remember about a couple weeks ago or so, we started this season preview series on Ohio State basketball covering the Ohio State backcourt. Then we took a quick break and we went over media day. Now we're back to pick up the front court and continue on with this season preview series. I will say, all of these episodes could probably be listened to as we go along in this month of October in the season preview series they could probably all be listened to in any random order that you could construct. It might not be the most ideal, but it also wouldn't be the least ideal thing that you could think of. So just be advised if you're saying, man, I already covered the, the backcourt and I'm missing out on this. I better go back to that and come back here. Don't worry. You can, Honestly, you can do whatever you would like. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, what to do, and certainly far be it for me to tell you how to listen to your podcast. But I will say, you can listen to the front court episode. You can go back. You can listen to the back court. Maybe you already listened to the back court, and that's great too. We appreciate that. So there's that. We've already covered the back court. Happened two episodes ago. Now we're going to the front court. By the way, you hate to hear me say it, but it it still has to be said. If you could, if you don't mind, just go ahead, subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you are getting your podcast, just subscribed. Why? Well, because it's not going to hurt you, because it's completely free. And how many things in life anymore are completely free? And not only are we going to cover this Ohio State basketball team exclusively, it's our first full season covering Ohio State basketball, but we will be at the shot several times this year, talking to players, talking to coaches. We'll have intel, all those types of things. So if you've been looking, if you've been seeking for that place that is only Ohio State basketball, that is year-round, that is committed to covering the Buckeyes in a very, very sophisticated, measured, well-informed way, well, you found your spot. So follow us or subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram and even on Facebook if you're into that. But I spend more time on Twitter and Instagram specifically and YouTube. Sorry, sue me or don't. Would prefer that you not. So let's get into the front court for Ohio State basketball. Obviously, we talked backcourt. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on podcast, I mean, this is some thick paper here that that I've come prepared to the show with. Mostly it's thick because it includes the stack of paper in which I talked about the backcourt, but thick is thick nonetheless. Isn't that what the youths are saying these days? Let's get into the front court. So the way I parceled this out, by the way, some players could have been included in this front court conversation that I put in the backcourt. When you get into the three and you play a little three, a little two, a little three, a little four, it gets a little mucky if 
if I've ever used that word on the show, please go find it. It can, it can be a little mucky, okay? So we're just getting into it. I'm including Jamison Battle here and some other players that may play a little bit in the front court as well. Technically, where do you draw the line between the front court and the back court? I don't know, and I'm not going to tell you either. Maybe you know. Let's start with Jamison Battle, shall we? Let's get into this. Talking Ohio State basketball. You realize here on this Monday, October 2nd, we are mere 34-ish, 35, maybe even 33. I don't know. It's one of those amounts of numbers. It has to be, mathematically. I'm not going to go back and try to find it, but 30-some-odd days, basically a month away from Ohio State basketball, being here, being in Columbus, the Buckeyes playing and opening up the season. It's not that far away. Be excited. I'm excited. Let's talk Jameson Battle. Jameson Battle, fifth-year senior, 6'7", 220. He's going to come join Ohio State by way of Minnesota, by way of checks notes. It's not in my notes, but I believe it was George Washington before he joined Minnesota. So a well-traveled young man. Good for Jameson. Jameson last year, obviously playing with Minnesota. This was a game when Ohio State played Minnesota in the middle of their very, very dry stretch in which they couldn't win a game. I said, hey, look, Ohio State's going to win this game. It's going to be okay. Minnesota can't beat Ohio State. Well, Minnesota, well, they could, and they did beat Ohio State in large part thanks to Jamison Battle. He's joining Ohio State after playing in 27 games last season for Minnesota, and he played 35.6 minutes per game. I mean, that guy, not to... Not to not to not to hurt feelings here, but he's working harder than that Bears PR team. Chicago Bears PR team has been working in the past couple of weeks. He was on the floor getting no days off, no time off for Jamison Battle. So he played a lot, was leaned on a lot at Minnesota, and played again Big Ten basketball, just like Evan Mahaffey, another transfer for Ohio State. He understands it. He understands Big Ten basketball. So that's a good thing. And by the way. I don't know why we're we're traversing into this NFL conversation now. If if you're not into the NFL, then I apologize. You can just shut your ears real quick and I'll go play in traffic. But if your NFL team disappointed you yesterday in a way that has spun you into a wild roller coaster that has just left you you know how some roller coasters they they've got the loops and you go around and and, you know, you were looped around throughout the entire afternoon yesterday, or maybe even not. Maybe the roller coaster just stopped at the bottom, and now you're just kind of up one side, down, up to the other, and gravity brings you down with the momentum, and slowly before you just stop in the middle of the ride, and that is the state of depression. If you are there, it is okay, okay? Just a quick PSA. Ohio State basketball is here to save you, so just forget that crummy NFL team that you had so much hopes for when the season began, and you can go find my personal Twitter and figure out who I root for. Man, that's painful. That's painful. Ohio State basketball, get your hopes as high as possible. They won't do that to us, right? Jameson Battle, speaking of. All right, last season, 12.4 points per game, 1.7 assists per game, 3.8 rebounds per game. A player who, again, was leaned on a lot at Minnesota, and some of his numbers were actually better two seasons ago than last season, specifically the three-point shooting. I believe he shot around 37 38% from deep two seasons ago. Last season, I believe he was down to 31%. Yes, my notes do say that he was at 31%, which we'll get into here in a second. So some of his numbers were actually worse in his what would be his senior season than they were in his junior season. We'll get into that here in a second, what that could mean. Battle's a fantastic free throw shooter, by the way. He lacked consistent production from the field, and he, he's shooting at an insane rate for Minnesota. I mean, it's it's Minnesota. I, I hate to bash the program. They're no longer in their Tubby Smith era. What a name, Tubby Smith. I wonder what his real name is, by the way. If you know that, then you're smarter than me. Well, maybe, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But, Tubby Smith, man. Okay, Jamison Battle. 
He shot a lot. He fired away. He was leaned on a bunch at Ohio, not at Ohio State, sorry, at Minnesota. He had, just with all the playing time that he had, you kind of expect him to have pretty crazy metrics. The shooting metrics were off the chart. I mean, he's just putting shots up. It felt like every single possession for Minnesota last year. What do you expect? Again, it's Minnesota. He was a good distributor, though. He had strong assist numbers, good uses, uses percentage, assist to turnover radio, assist percentage. All those types of things were really, really strong for Jamison Battle. So while he may not have had the best types of numbers when it came to shooting metrics and scoring and things like that, he was able to take care of the ball, squeezing orange, as we say here on the Views from the Shot podcast. Now, for Jamison Battle, a couple areas of improvement. Number one, shooting the ball. Again, field goal percentage was not good last season. He shot 37% from the field. You'd look for more from him. He was 44.7% two-point field goals from behind the arc, 31.3%. All of that leaves much to be desired coming into this season for Jamison Battle, who, again, he said, which we covered on our last episode covering the media day, Jamison Battle said he's got two primary motivations this season. He's a fifth-year senior. He's he's done after this year playing for Ohio State. Number one, he wants to make it to the NCAA tournament. Number two, he wants to make it to the next level. So if those are your two, your two goals, to make it to the next level and to go to the NCAA tournament, well, you may have found an opportunity to do that here at Ohio State for both of those areas. But the other thing is he's going to be highly motivated to improve these shooting metrics. And you know what? I'm highly motivated to not have to work ever again and be able to do this podcast and go for a couple walks a day and and call it good for the day. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I'm not saying that Jamison Battle, just because he's highly motivated to do something, doesn't mean he won't do it. But I will say the motivation is one thing. You also need to have the skill, the talent. You need to have the people around you to help you get there. I think Jamison Battle will have that here at Ohio State. This is traditionally a very good offensive team. Traditionally, Chris Holtman does a good job putting guys in the right roles where they can be successful. And Jamison Battle this season is not going to be in a position where the entire scouting report and every team's entire game plan is focused on him. Teams are going to have to worry about Jamison Battle, but they're also going to have to worry about Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Felix Akpara, Zed Key, Scotty Middleton, Tayson Chapman, and I can go on and on and on and on. So all the pressure won't be on Jamison Battle. So that's one reason why I expect these shooting metrics to go up. He's not going to play 35 minutes a game this season as well. That will help him out. He made his money from the paint last season. That's where he was really, really good. If he can continue to shoot the ball well from inside the paint while also improving from deep, from mid-range, this is going to be a huge, huge get for Ohio State. Defensively for Jamison Battle, in terms of his counting stats, he hasn't impacted the game much. Steals, blocks, defensive rebounds, all lacking. The advanced metrics as well, defensively rebounding. Nothing stands out there for Jamison Battle, but he's got a good frame. Again, he's 6'7", he's 220. He should be able to defend the three and the four, maybe elsewhere as well. He's pretty athletic, at, at least what you see on his tape. So you would expect Jamison Battle to probably be able to be successful wherever he may be guarding. As far as expectations this season for Jamison Battle, I don't know. I don't know what the starting lineup is going to look like. I don't think Chris Holtman knows what the starting lineup is going to look like at this point as well. He could start at the three. He could start at the four. He could come off the bench. You never know. But Jamison Battle, at least heading into this season, this was a guy when Ohio State landed him. I mean, Buckeye Nation was rejoicing. I myself was very pleased. I posted on our Twitter that this was a big get for Ohio State. And this made... Hmm... As much as you can make national headlines in the transfer portal when you're not Hunter Dickinson awkwardly dapping up Bill Self, he made the headlines. I mean, this was a big get for those in the know in college basketball, and Ohio State knew that it needed a player like this. You're losing Justice Suing. You're losing Bryce Sensenbaugh to the draft. 
that's a big hole. Whether you like those players or not, there was a lot of hate given toward Justice Suing last year. Not here, not from me, but from others. And you're free to have your own opinion. This is the United States of America, of course. But it's still big shoes to fill. It's a lot of production to fill. It's a lot of experience to fill. And I think Jameson Battle is going to do that for Ohio State very, very well this season. So in terms of expectations, I would imagine that he will be in the starting lineup. Whether that's at the three or the four, I'm not sure. Probably depends on personnel, what Ohio State wants to be this year more than anything else. But like I said, Chris Holtman typically can put players in the best spot to succeed. And I think that probably he's going to do that pretty well with Jamison Battle this season. Is he going to average 20 points, 15 points per game? Probably not. It would be a pleasant surprise if he could average 15 points per game. But this is probably going to be a guy who pops up in the box score, scoring 10, 12, 17, 8 points per game. He'll average probably double digits. Below 15 would be the guess. It's hard to average above 15 points per game, quite frankly, in college basketball, unless you are a bona fide superstar. But Jamison Battle is a huge get for Ohio State in terms of the fact that he's played in the Big Ten. He's been leaned on in the Big Ten, which is different than an Evan Mahaffey or a Dale Bonner. He's battle-tested through and through. He's been the guy at Minnesota. So I think the ability for him to have a little bit less pressure on him this year and be able to focus a little bit more on his game, on his production, that's going to help him, and that's going to help Ohio State. Jamison Battle, he's going to be a big get for the Buckeyes. Kalen Etzler. Probably not a guy that's at the top of your mind, but I'll talk about him as well here. So Kalen Etzler is a redshirt sophomore, 6'8", 190 pounds, and quite frankly, I don't have the most thorough notes on him. It's kind of similar to a Colby Ballman type player and some other role players who I've talked about at Ohio State. However, I'll give him the attention that he deserves here on the show because, again, the point of this season preview series is essentially to be a season preview magazine covering Ohio State basketball, but your ears take it in rather than your eyes. Is that simple enough? It should be. So we'll talk Kalen Etzler as well. Like I said, redshirt sophomore, 6'8", 190 pounds. He saw action in nine games last season after not playing his first year on campus two years ago. Contributed against Cincinnati in the Maui Invitational, and he's an academic All-Big Ten an Ohio State scholar. How do you do that? I don't know. I, I don't know the requirements, but brother is good in the classroom, so we'll take that. And brother could also ball any of us up, so no need in, in talking about his game. As far as expectations for Kalen Etzler this year, I have no idea. I would assume that he's probably going to be closer to the end of the bench than the beginning of it. That's just kind of how it goes. It's a role player on Ohio State who... I'm sure is happy to be there. There were conversations about him potentially transferring out from Ohio State last season. He's still here. There's still a spot for him. He's still going to play hard when he's in, practice hard, all those types of things. Quite frankly, I don't know what expectations you should have for Kalen Etzler this season. Again, he didn't contribute much last season, but maybe he surprises some people. Maybe he does get in some minutes here and there. I don't expect him, kind of just like last year, to be much more than a player who's playing against IUPUI and, and, and Maine and whoever else Ohio State schedules for those early matchups like Oakland or Miami, Ohio, or things like that, where the Buckeyes are up by 20 points with five minutes left and you're going to let Etzler get some run. So that would be my guess for him. Not a lot of notes on him. Let's talk Zed Key. Zed Key. One of the most talked about players last season for Ohio State basketball in the offseason. Is he going to enter the transfer portal? Is he going to leave Ohio State heading into this season? Again, a player who's been talked about. By the way, on the transfer portal thing, that was a, a complete like f sometimes fans just come up with these thoughts of what a player or a coach may do or something like that. And then other fans just run with it because, eh, you know, sounds legit. I'll go with it. I could see it happening. 
this Zed Key transfer portal stuff was there was nothing to that. There was never any conversation about Zed Key ever ever leaving Ohio State, leaving Columbus. Some people were saying he was going to go to St. John's because he's he's from New York and all these types of things. Whatever. As far as I'm aware, from people I spoke with and and all those types of things, never heard that Zed Key was going to leave Ohio State. Alas, here we are in October and we're talking about Zed Key donning the scarlet and gray again. So that's what we'll talk about here. So last season, Zed Key played in 25 games for Ohio State. Obviously, his season cut short with his shoulder injury that required surgery. We hate that for him. However, in the 25 games he played, some of these numbers skewed because he played, I think he came back in that game against Purdue, or maybe not. The first game is, I believe, when he got hurt. The second game he may have played there, he may not have. He took some time away. He tried to come back. Didn't work out. The toughness and the way that Zed Key tried to gut it out and play for Ohio State, that should at least be acknowledged. Therefore, I will do that. I acknowledge that, Zed, and I appreciate that, as other Ohio State fans should as well. But about 25 minutes per game is numbers. I mean, some people, again, some people acted like Zed Key was a bad basketball player. I mean, he averaged nearly 11 points per game. Seven and a half rebounds per game, one block per game. From the field, he wasn't bad. 54.7% from the field. He does need to improve from the free, th- free throw line, and we'll talk about his three-point shooting as well. Those numbers weren't great. Again, he missed the final nine games due to that dislocated shoulder. That's where Felix Akpara got a lot more run, who we'll also talk about in this show. He will be ready for November 6th. He's told me personally that he's going to be good to go for November 6th. He's already been cleared. He's practicing. So that's a good thing. There were some question marks as is Zed Key going to be ready for game one heading into this season when he had the season ending shoulder surgery. That's a tough one to spit out, but he will be good to go. Zed Key, I think, is the most tantalizing player on this Ohio State roster. When I when I say wild card, I don't mean to say that he, we have no idea what to expect from Zed Key, but a lot of the success, as I've said all offseason, it's going to hinge on Zed Key, but because there's so many different little butterfly effects, should we use that term, on Zed Key. Most curious player on the team. My first question about him, and I have more questions on him than anyone else, is will he start? Will he be in the starting rotation? Zed Key has played meaningful minutes for Ohio State in all three of his seasons so far with the Buckeyes. Threw in a Northeastern accent there with the word far. I'm not sure why. I was born in Maine. That's a fun fact for you. Anyways, Zed Key, he's played meaningful minutes for Ohio State no, no matter when he's played for the Buckeyes. Doesn't matter the season. So here are all the different butterfly effects or different snowballs we we could just this thought becomes this thought and a bigger thought and now it happens there and all those types of things this is what we think about just in terms of zed key so if he starts at the four does that mean jameson battle is starting at the three does that mean scotty middleton is pushed out of the starting lineup if he's starting at the five does that mean felix akpara is not in the lineup Who's at the four? Who's at the three? All these questions on the starting rotation come down to, is Zed Key starting? And if so, where? So that's why, in my opinion, I see Zed Key as a starter? Questionable. We don't know. And if he is, how does that impact the three and the four and the five? Other question with Zed Key. Just in general, even if he's not starting is where in the world is this guy going to play? Is he going to play Is the four? Is he going to be the five? And that goes into the next couple sets of questions of where is he going to play? Well, Zed Key lost 20 pounds this offseason. It was when the team photo was tweeted out by Ohio State hoops. You're looking at every player, and this is just something that we do as fans. What do these guys look like? Can we notice any real tangible changes from players from year to year? And I tell you what, 
you look at Zed Key and you're like, is this the same dude? Like, was bro sick? Did he lose his appendix and wasn't able to work out for a couple of weeks and couldn't eat? Like, Zed Key lost notable weight. He is much more lean this year. He's down 20 pounds, he says. And because of that frame, now you wonder, well, again, where is he going to play? But what type of player is he going to be? Is Zedke now going to be shooting the three? Is he going to be able to run in transition? Is he going to be able to defend different positions? How is that going to impact Ohio State as a whole? Is he going to be able to be a stretch four? And can the Buckeyes play four out, one in? All those types of things you now wonder about Zed Key. Again, he may not be the most talented player on this roster, but the Buckeyes' success hinges, I think, more on him than anyone else because of all the different consequences and micro-consequences that come with Zed Key as a player for Ohio State. He may not be the most talented. I think he is very, very good. I'm probably more high on Zed Key than a lot of people are, but... So many questions with Zed Key. So as we talk about Zed Key and me trying to give a take and me trying to give answers, it's way more talking, hey, this is Zed Key. I don't know. I got a lot of questions. And sometimes that's the way it has to be. Because when you're riding the fence, you're not able to be right a lot of times, but you can't be wrong. So I won't be wrong about Zed Key this year. We have that for sure. Now, Zedke as a player last year, I feel like this needs to be said, okay? Some won't say it, but I will. He was one of the more lamented players on the team last year, but I have several bullet points as to why maybe Zedke shouldn't have been that way. Number one, his rebounding numbers were elite. And you want to complain, and that's fine. Again, it's the United States of America. You're, you are welcome to your free speech and to have your own opinions on Zed Key in particular. And you're you you can also have your own opinion. You know what? I'm not even going to get into that because we'll get into it later on the show. That's a cliffhanger. You're welcome. Zed Key was an elite rebounder. 20% defensive rebounding percentage is 80th percentile in college basketball last season. That means of the defensive rebounding chances, he took 20% of them from Ohio State when given the chances of the other four players on the floor. Two out of every ten. One out of every five chances was landing in Zed Key's hands. Outside of that, he was elite at scoring on second chance points and on the offensive glass in general. Three second chance points per game is 90th percentile in college basketball last season. His rebounding numbers, we've already spoken about that. His offensive rebounding numbers go hand-in-hand with that. Zed Key mucked up the paint last season. Defensively, offensively, it doesn't matter. He was pulling, doesn't matter. He was pulling down rebounds in in, in an insane way. And I would also say Zed Key is quite the glue guy. So he's now one of the few veterans in Columbus who also has the most experience in Columbus. You look at the guys on this roster who you would expect to be seasoned, experienced leaders for Ohio State. Jamison Battle, entering his fifth season, hasn't played in Columbus other than when he's visited the Buckeyes at Minnesota. Dale Bonner, another older player for the Buckeyes, played at Baylor and Fairmont State before that. Zed Key is older and has more years of experience in Columbus. This is just a Buckeye right here, is Zed Key, which is why a lot of fans love him, because he's just a Buckeye's Buckeye. He's been here. He's been through the grind. He knows Columbus. He knows Ohio State basketball, all those types of things. I think he's going to be a glue guy for Ohio State this season. This year, I talked about questions. I'm going to talk about just some very specific areas of focus where it comes to Zed Key, and number one is shooting the three. Every year, we've heard from Zed Key as he's headed into a new season, and he said, I'm going to shoot the three this year. I'm going to be a better shooter of the three this year. Last year, somewhat limited sample size. He couldn't shoot above 30% from deep. 
I don't want to make the opinion that if you can't shoot above 30% from three that you just shouldn't try, but Zed Key won't be a volume shooter for Ohio State from deep this season. That's going to be a fact. But can you knock down or at least force the defense to be concerned about you getting an open look from three and not brick it off the side of the backboard or clank it off the rim? If you can at least prove that, you're making Ohio State multi, multi, multi dimensional offensively, and that's going to help the Buckeyes. So he was below 30% from three last year. Can he be better this year? If so, that's going to add a another layer to this Ohio State offense. The other thing, improving the free throw shooting. A lot of times when you improve as a three-point shooter, you're also going to improve from the charity stripe. If Zed Key can do that, especially at the rate in which he draws fouls, I don't have the number in front of me, but I know his numbers when it comes to drawing fouls, elite. Again, he does it more than a lot of players. If you're going to do that, you've got to be able to hit your free throws. That's going to be another thing for Ohio State. Can he give the Buckeyes a chance to spread the floor this season as well? Being down 25s, the ability to shoot, can you go four out and one in? That's going to, again, add another layer to Ohio State offense. And the last thing, continue to muck up the, the, the paint. Offensively, defensively, be a sound defender. Don't foul, don't foul out. Nothing like that, but also just continue your relentlessity, your relentlessness. That word's always messed me up. Have the ability to continue to be physical, to be strong, to say, you know what? I may only be 6'8 on a good day, but I'm still going to rebound. I'm still going to bang in the low post. I'm still going to have the ability to score off second chance points. And again, He's down 20 pounds, so that strength, he's more lean, but he's definitely going to lose some of that strength and his ability to push people around on the block that he used to have. So that may be a number that decreases, but if he can keep it up, if he can just be in position, be smart, rebounding is a lot of times a mental game, and sometimes it's just a matter of who wants the ball more. If Zed Key can do that, again, he's going to help Ohio State out in a big way. How about Felix Akpara? There's some big names here in this front court for Ohio State. Felix Akpara is another name where you're you're wondering what he's going to do. You're you're wondering what he's going to be be able to produce this season, and you wonder that about a lot of players here in the front court. So Felix Akpara, he had some pretty crazy splits in terms of playing time when you look at the start of the year. And the end of the year. And I've got to straighten up my papers because they're getting a little out of whack here. But 15 and a half minutes per game in 35 games. In those 35 games, his full season, he averaged four points per game, 3.6 rebounds per game, and 1.3 blocks per game. Now, 15 and a half minutes per game, you look at the scoring numbers, that's fine. 4.0 points per game, that's fine. 3.6 rebounds per game is really, really solid on a minute per game basis as is the 1.3 blocks per game. That's incredible. In his final five games, and you look at kind of the splits of when Zed Key was out for the year and Felix Akpara is now getting more playing time, in those final five games specifically, 25.6 minutes per game, 4.8 points per game, 4.8 rebounds per game, and most numbers stayed pretty much on par with where they were with his playing time. You saw the points per game number. He got 10 more minutes per game down the stretch of the year last season and his scoring stayed relatively similar from four to 4.8 his rebounding again stayed somewhat similar he, he did increase a little bit on a minute by minute basis his field goal percentage however was not good in terms of the splits between getting more playing time so it did decrease his free throw percentage decreased as well you hope a year under his belt along with a full year hopefully of Zed Key and Jamison Battle and maybe Austin Parks as well will give him the ability to establish more consistency coming up into this season so you hope but this is a a real concern for me 
a Felix Akpara truther, you may label me. I'm a big fan of Felix Akpara, but this is a concern as you look into the numbers is his playing time as it increased last season, the numbers and the metrics, they decreased. He showed that as he had more run, either he didn't have the stamina, he didn't have the the mental fortitude, the ability to process, whatever it may be. And again, he was a freshman, so you would obviously expect him to be better, but it is a concern, the amount of playing time that he was able to get and not seeing the the tangible improvements like you saw with, with Bruce Thornton and with Roddy Gale down the stretch. You didn't see that with Felix Akpara necessarily. He was incredible defensively still, but offensively the numbers did not get better. So that's an area of concern for Ohio State that I think a lot of people are overlooking. I'm willing to say it. I'm not at all saying Felix Akpara is going to be bad this year, but I think it's worth at least noticing. Last season as well, and we knew this going in, Felix Akpara, his height, his wingspan, his length is incredible. He was able to block shots at an elite level as a freshman. So we already we already spoke about it. 1.3 blocks per game. That's 92nd percentile. And again, that's for most of the season. He played 15 and a half minutes per game. His, his whole season, minutes per game numbers, was 15 and a half minutes per game. 15.5. He still was 92nd percentile in blocks. You would expect a guy who is in the 92nd percentile for block shots to be, I don't know, playing 25, 30 minutes per game. Felix Akpara took him half the run to get there. That's encouraging. Actually, I have, I have the number here. I guess I should have looked at it. So he got to 92nd percentile in block shots while playing 37th percentile minutes per game. That is beautiful. That is music to your ears. As an Ohio State fan, he was in the 96th percentile in block percentage at 8.9%. That's elite. His Akeem percentage, which is your combination of block shots and steals, was 10.4%. That's 95th percentile. And his personal foul efficiency, by the way, that is just your amount of steals and blocks compared to your own personal fouls, was 93rd percentile. So, you look at his ability to block shots in the SWAT and things like that, and you may remember a, a couple of games last year where Felix Akpar got into foul trouble, and, and then especially, I think it was the Purdue game, where Owen Spencer, a walk-on, had to come in and spell Felix Akpara for a bit. You remember that? Sure. But overall, as the season went on for, for a full freshman season, he was very, very efficient with his ability to steal and to block shots, and to alter as a defensive player, even when he wasn't getting necessarily the counting stats, and not get into foul trouble as well. So that was huge for Felix Akpara last season. We know his ability defensively. Now, areas of improvement, it's offense. His range is something that you think about, and that can be said for any center in college basketball, whether you're a freshman, whether you're a senior, any center in college basketball who's not expected to be a lottery pick coming up in the NBA draft. That would be said for Felix Akpar. So his shooting. He was 20% from three last year. I've mentioned it on the show multiple times. It's just it's burned into my brain for some reason. That three-pointer that he took against Purdue in the Big Ten tournament semifinal game that was an air ball to start the game. I don't know why I remember that so vividly. I do. I hate to bring it up as much as I do, but he was 20% from three. Not a large sample size. That's fine. But if he can at least show an ability, again, to force a defense to not sit on the free throw line when he's got the ball at the top of the key, maybe that helps Ohio State. I would say that it would. He was 61.5% from the free throw line last season. That's not good. You need him to be better from the charity stripe. And I tell you what, Free throw shooting is one thing that feels so easy, but some players just can't get there. I mean, look at Shaquille O'Neal, one of the best players to ever play basketball, ever. And he was a horrible free throw shooter. Luckily, Felix Akpara is not playing in the same playground as Shaquille O'Neal did when it comes to bad free throw shooting. But those things are tough to fix. And especially when you're a near seven footer and you have a lot more motion and a lot more exact precise things that need to happen with that long arm than you do with a Bruce Thornton for example it's something that you hope can you get to 70% this year 
from the free throw line. That would be amazing. That adds a couple points per game for Felix Akpara and also a couple points per game for Ohio State. Another question I would have, areas of improvement for Felix Akpara, would be playmaking, I guess. And by the way, he took care of the ball really, really well last season. He didn't have a lot of turnovers or turnover rate was low, things like that. But look, he's a center. So am I going to ask him to go dish out a bunch of passes and 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 drop some dimes and throw some, some lobs up to Roddy Gale? No, you're not going to ask him to do that. But it is something that you consider. Can Felix Akpara do a little bit more? His, his usage numbers and his assist numbers, all those types of things were low and even low for being a center. So you wonder if he can improve those numbers a little bit. And then the last thing I talk about is the consistency, which goes into one of my bigger concerns on a player level this season is Felix Akpara and his ability to shoulder the load. People are expecting Felix Akpara to step in on November 6th against Oakland and then that next Friday against Texas A&M and be the starting center for Ohio State. He's essentially been shoot in as the guy who's going to be the starting center for Ohio State. And if that's the case, then that's awesome. But he's got to have the ability to be consistent for Ohio State as a center. Last year, when he was the starting center for Ohio State without Zed Key, those numbers, those efficiencies, they took a dip. We just spoke about it. So that, again, it's my one real concern that I feel like a lot of people aren't noticing, aren't talking about, which is maybe a reason why you should subscribe if you haven't already is because I'm trying to find these numbers that maybe others don't, won't, can't, schnot, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to pull him out there. So that's a concern. Again, his numbers down the stretch, they, they waned. And again, many, many fans are expecting, most fans are expecting Felix Akpara to step in and be an, maybe not elite, but very, very good center in the Big Ten for Ohio State. Again, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, those were two freshmen. Bryce Sensenball, he's now in the NBA, so maybe an outlier. But we saw freshmen in that class have the ability to step up as the season went on and really have the ability to produce and showcase that. You want to see that from Felix Akpara as he gets more playing time this season. So that's a concern that I have. But overall, Felix Akpara, his length, his his just straight-up height, his ability to alter shots to be a good defensive player – He's put on some muscle as well. He's gained some weight. I don't have the number in front of me. I talked about it in the last episode covering the media day. But overall, if you can if you can have some more stamina, if you can establish a consistency, this is going to be a very special talent for Ohio State heading into his sophomore season. I I, I want to pause now, and we're going to get into some some more again tantalizing players we'll talk Devin Royal we'll talk Austin Parks as well and we'll even touch on Owen Spencer but I want to pause real quick and you probably know why if you listen to the show in any capacity I want to talk about college basketball analytics there's there are exclusive sponsor of the show and as you're heading into this college basketball season I'm gonna let you know right now college basketball teams organizations are flocking to college basketball analytics signing up as customers to use the tools that college basketball analytics provides. You have access to the very same tools that Chris Holtman currently does. All you have to do is sign up. I'm telling you player profiles and comparing players to other players and, and how are they similar? How are they different? And looking at team metrics and all of these advanced stats that you're not going to find on freaking ESPN.com or even like college basketball reference. Like there's some good sites out there, but there's nothing like college basketball analytics. So I highly recommend just go check it out. I'm not going to ask you to, to, to sign up as of now, although I would recommend that you do just poke around there a little bit. There are some resources for free that you can take a look at, but to get everything that I get to get everything that Ohio state gets, you can sign up and get your first month free using the code shot. That's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, as in short for Shot and Scene Center, as in Views from the Shot Podcast. Use that code to get your first month free. You'll get it as you prepare for the season, and from there, you'll be off and running. I can't recommend this site highly enough. I love it. It's cutting edge. It's smart. You got to make sure you get there. So visit 
College Basketball Analytics, cbbanalytics.com, cbbanalytics.com. Use the code SHOT. Sign up. Get your first month free. How about some freshmen here at Ohio State in the front court who we can cover now? Devin Royal is the first one we'll talk about here coming into Ohio State, standing at 6'6-210. He has apparently lost an inch of height from where he was listed on 24-7 Sports. Now on Ohio State's official website, he's at 6'6 instead of 6'7. So some discrepancies there. But regardless, Devin Royal joining Ohio State. He was recruited by a bunch of pretty well-known programs, but this felt like a guy that Ohio State was going to get all along. He chose Ohio State over Iowa State, Michigan State, Penn State, Xavier. Those are a couple schools that he took some visits to and checked out more closely. But this is an Ohio kid. He joins Ohio State being in Columbus, joining from Pickerington Central. He played, of course, with Sonny Styles, Ohio State's, would you say, star or at least very promising starting defensive back on the football team. Played with him in high school as well, playing basketball. He was 2023 Mr. Ohio. No, 2023 Mr. Basketball in the state of Ohio. He won state titles in his final two years in high school as well. He's a fast riser as well. First time rankings came out for his class. He was outside the top 100. He then rose very, very quickly and squeaked into the top 50 in consensus rankings. And by the way, Buckeyes are pulling the number one player from the state of Ohio. Check that off. You always want to do that as Ohio State. When it comes to basketball, you, you, you grab the number one player in Ohio and you also grab a Columbus kid. That's Those are both good things that I think Chris Holtman deserves a pat on the back for. So when it comes to Devin Royal, this is a freshman who I think is the most wild card type of player. Wild card E, if I can say it that way. So this is a player who can play the three or the four. He's going to be undersized to play the four, but he has shown the physicality to be able to potentially hold his own playing power forward for Ohio State. He can finish around the rim. He can finish in the paint. Overall, he's a really solid offensive player. He's gotten a, a, an ideal ability to shoot, I would say, as a four. Can he consistently knock down threes? Potentially, but his ability to shoot from mid-range and off the dribble and off the three and all those types of things he did show at least the ability to do that. And like I said, I think the word ideal is the proper word for it because as a four, you're not looking for a guy who can drain a bunch of threes, but this is a guy who it doesn't matter. Like it, it literally does not matter. Felix Akpar and Zed Key are players who you need to see them at least show some ability to shoot the three in order for them to put a hand up and and not sit on the free throw line when they have the ball at the top of the key. With Devin Royal, the scouting report will say, get up in his face when he's got the ball. Do not let him take an open three because he will be able to make those. So that's exciting for a player like Devin Royal coming in as a freshman for Ohio State. And he should have the ability as well to really stretch the floor for the Buckeyes. The ball handling abilities, hopefully that comes with Again, more consistency. Again, he's a freshman, so it'll take some time for sure. But Devin Royal and his ability to simply be able to, whenever he's in, if he's playing the four for Ohio State, it's going to be a four-out, one-in look for the Buckeyes, where you whether he's on the corner, whether he's up at the wing, the, the, the offensive flow and structure is going to look good with him out there on the floor. As far as my expectations for him, again, he is a wild card. That's the only way I can say it. This is a player who could potentially step in and play a bunch of minutes for a freshman. He could potentially step in and play a few minutes a game, maybe not even play every game. I really don't know. I don't have a good read on him, and I'm not sure that the Ohio State program has a good read on him either. He's been banged up a little bit here in the off season. Now, as we head into actual real practices, you hope that he can get some, 
consistent playing time and practice and stay healthy. So right now he's battling for playing time with a bunch of different players, right? You've got Felix Akpara and Zed Key and, and Jamison battle for sure as well. But potentially if he wants to slide in there and play the three to start, he's going to be battling with Scotty Middleton and Evan Mahaffey as well. So that's, it's just, it's really crowded where he is going to ideally fit in at the three and the four. I don't think this is a guy who's going to be playing the five unless you're going small ball for whatever reason, but there's a lot of, of, of traffic there where Devin Royal is going to want to play this season. I would say he could end up having like an Andre Wesson type of freshman season, another Columbus native, by the way, by way of Westerville, Andre Wesson, he played in 11 minutes per game on average in his freshman year for Ohio State a few years ago. These aren't the same players, though. Andre Wesson was a three-star recruit. Devin Royal is a top 50 player. So it's a lot different there. My my question for Devin Royal, my biggest question for him is, can he defend and where will he defend? Again, a huge area of emphasis for Ohio State that we heard from media day was we've got to be better defensively. At times, Ohio State was pedestrian last year defensively. Sometimes they were okay. This was never a team that you felt could just sit down and 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 put the clamps on any offense that was rolled out there against them last season. That's my one big question for Devin Royal is will he show the ability to defend because that will allow him to get on the floor quicker. Offensively, though, he, I, I'm really excited. I, I honestly, I, I can't wait for his sophomore and his junior seasons where I think that he could end up being a star at Ohio State. He's got probably, maybe not the most potential in this freshman class. I would say Jason Chapman probably takes that, but he's got a lot of potential just based on his build, his makeup, the type of player that he is, and the and the way that college basketball is moving, the direction it's moving toward. I would say that you're going to look at Devin Royal in the next couple of years. You're going to say, man, this guy, he's a star. He's huge for Ohio State. That's the hope. Again, as a freshman, I don't know where he'll be, but heading into the next couple of seasons, man, it's going to be exciting to watch what Devin Royal can do. Another freshman that we can talk about here for Ohio State is Austin Parks. 6'10", 250 pounds, 250 pounds, three-star center. Another in-state player that the Buckeyes have landed. Now, he chose Ohio State over Cincinnati, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State, Dayton. I think West Virginia, maybe a Toledo was in there offering as well. He didn't take an official visit, as far as I'm aware, to any other school than Ohio State. So this is a guy who really, he said, thank you for the offers. Thank you for recruiting me. But Ohio State is going to be my place to be. What I will say, though, is that Austin Parks, he may be a three-star, and that's fine. He may be a top 25-ish, top 30-ish, top 20-ish player at center in his freshman class, and that doesn't maybe excite you all that much as a player, as a freshman coming in Ohio State, especially when you have guys like Taysen Chapman, Scotty Middleton, and Devin Royal, who we just spoke about, coming in as well within the class. But Austin Parks was not only recruited by, but he was offered by Tom Izzo at Michigan State, Mike Woodson at Indiana, Illinois, another team that he that he was offered by, Cincinnati. I mean, he was recruited by top programs in the Big Ten. And we know how important it is in the Big Ten, which is very physical, very ugly in the paint. You need to have a solution at center. And that's something Ohio State did not have last season, which hurt them. So Ohio State landing a kid who's 6'10", 250, he may be a three-star, whatever, but he was recruited by top Big Ten programs who understood his value in the conference. And the fact that Ohio State got to keep him in the state and get him wearing the scarlet and gray, that's huge for the Buckeyes. He's a number five player in Ohio, by the way. Number 28 consensus center in the class. So again, the numbers there, they don't jump off the page. But when you look at the actual story of his recruitment, the fact that he was all in on Ohio State, and the fact that Indiana, Michigan State, Illinois were teams that were recruiting and offering him, 
it shows there's a lot of value in this player. Now, as a player, Bro loves to dunk. I mean, his his highlight reels are just just yam upon yam upon yam. And not only that, but he does have the ability to actually get up. Like, you have some centers who are 6'10", and they just slam the ball hard through the rim and and they 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 shake the the entire gymnasium with the force by which they throw the ball through the rim and that's fine but Austin Parks like actually has a bit of a vertical and he's got multiple highlights in which he's just baptizing these poor souls in high school where he's dunking on them they're thinking they can jump with Austin Parks and Austin Parks says no you you cannot jump with me do not even try it. So that's something that's exciting for the Buckeyes is not only is he big, not only is he strong, but he has the clear ability to jump and to get up a little bit, which is going to be good for him offensively, obviously, but defensively as well. He steps in day one for Ohio State, and he has big 10 center size. That's another thing that I love about him. He's 6'10", 250. You've got guys like Zed Key and Felix Akpara. And you saw it last year. You saw the Buckeyes struggle against a player like Zed Key, who, by the way, I my hot take is Zed Key is not very good. He's just very tall. But whatever. We'll see what NBA scouts think about him. And spoiler alert, the fact that he's... I'm not even going to go into Zed Key. I'm not... Or, sorry. Uh, uh, what is his name? Zach Eady. I'm not even going to go into Zach Eady. Okay? I'm not... You're not going to get me to trek. I see you trying to bait me into it. Okay, you are, and that's fine, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, so quit asking. What I will say is Ohio State struggled in the front court, especially at the five last season. Zed Key, Felix Akpara, you saw players who didn't necessarily have the ability to defend at a high level against tall, big types of players within the Big Ten. You saw the Buckeyes getting beat there. So not only is this a huge get for Ohio State to have another center, to hopefully fill that role, especially if injuries happen, because last year when injuries did happen, they were hapless, shall we say, when it came to defending players like that. It's something Ohio State fans have complained about. You can no longer complain about it. Just just stop your yapping, okay? Ohio State has, it looks like, well, it doesn't even look like. On paper, they've solved the issue of we are too small at center. We don't have tall enough players at center or guys with the right height or weight, or whatever. You have that now with a player in Austin Parks. That's a very good thing, is his frame. I love it. He, he literally steps in day one, and he's already lost a couple of teeth, battling with Zed Key, he said, in open gyms. So that sucks, but he's learning the physicality that you're allowed to play with in the Big Ten that you quite simply can't play with in other conferences in college basketball. So that's great for Austin Parks. That's great for Ohio State. Him losing his teeth, not good, though, by the way. My one concern about Austin Parks is that he may be somewhat one-dimensional heading into his freshman season at Ohio State. He's got great size. He's got good length. He can jump. Will he be able to defend consistent, consistently in the Big Ten? That is just gritty. It's dirty. It's sloppy. It's mucky. It's physical. It's tough. It's really, really tough, and you've got to play a tough brand of basketball. You've got to actually be able to utilize that size and that strength. Will Austin Parks be able to do that? That's one question I have. Will he have the ability to score by way of not dunking all of the time? He took advantage of that in high school, and I think it's probably why he was ranked a little bit lower. It's just because he didn't really showcase much of an ability Certainly not to shoot the three, but just an ability to spread out the floor to be able to shoot and score from different areas on the floor. Can he score when he's not in the paint? That's that's a question that I've got for him. He said he's focused on improving every aspect of his game during media day. He said this. He said his one main focal point is on defense. So that's a good thing to hear. It also probably means that there's room of improvement there that's already been identified more than anywhere else. So is Austin Parks going to be a player who can do Anything other than just dunk and lay it in in the low post, I don't know. But you hope that he will be able to round himself out as a strong rebounder, as a strong defender, being able to spread out the floor a little bit, score from different areas on the floor. We'll see if he'll have the ability to do that. But regardless, this is a big get 
for Ohio State. Not a lot of people are talking about him. Not a lot of people are talking about the gravity that this is of getting Austin Parks. But you think back to how thin this front court was last season. It's big for Ohio State to be able to get a player like this. So Austin Parks, I don't know about playing time. I don't know if he's going to see action in every game this season. Regardless, it's huge to have a player like this for the Buckeyes. So him, Devin Royal, two really, really strong, fundamentally on paper, good-looking players for the Buckeyes here in the front court. Should be excited about both of those guys heading into their freshman season and certainly beyond that. Last player we'll talk about here, and you may be saying, there's no one else to cover. He he came in and he filled in with Zed Key being out in a very key game against Purdue and played six minutes and had four fouls. I mean, if that's not just Big Ten basketball, just put your body down there in the low post and just try to do something with Zach Eady, I don't know what is. And quite frankly... I said, I I believe I actually tweeted it out during the game at halftime. I said, throw this guy out there in the second half and go let him get his fifth foul. Let him foul out. Who cares? Like, Owen Spencer isn't a guy who you're going to lean on offensively. You're not going to run the offense through him. And Zach Eady can't shoot from the free throw line. So let him go be physical. Let him, I don't know, go piss off Zach Eady and get him teed up or something. Doesn't matter to me, but... I mean, he filled in. He played six minutes against Purdue, and he had four fouls. I love that. I think that's awesome. Um, Obviously, you're not going to expect much from him this season. He's not on scholarship. He's going to be closest to the end of the bench than anyone else, but he's going to be a player who will hopefully have the ability to just play physical and practice and get Zed Key, Felix Akpara, players like that ready to go for some physical basketball, be a big body. I didn't even write down his height or weight, but he's up there with Austin Parks among the biggest players on the team. So that's something that you can be thankful for as well as that he should just be able to prep Zed key and be able to prep um, Felix Akpara as well as they head into this season. I just, again, I love the fact that he, he played six minutes against Purdue and had four fouls. I mean, can you ask for much better than that? Yes. The answer is, is, is unequivocally and objectively. The answer is yes. But I don't care. I just I love that I, I love that Chris Holtman threw him in there and basically said, just go try. Just just go play defense and see what happens. And he did. And we saw what happened. He had four fouls. But Owen Spencer, thank you for being on the team. Thank you for what you did last year against Purdue. And enjoy playing with the Buckeyes again coming into this upcoming season. That's the front court here for Ohio State basketball. Through this season preview series. We're going to get into a lot, and I mean a lot. We've got some guests lined up. It's going to be exciting to have some different people on, but I tell you what, we have, we've accomplished our first goal, and that's a roster breakdown, and this roster breakdown I thought was going to be one episode, and as it turns out, not even close. I mean, we're this, this episode is incredibly thick. You look back at the, the backcourt episode, that one was near an hour as well. We went through media day. We've got a lot of content to get through as we cover this Ohio State basketball team in the season preview series. So again, I've got to say it. I've got to say it. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. That way, it's in front of you. When you've got a couple minutes of downtime, when you're saying, man, I'm getting excited for Ohio State basketball to start, you can find the episodes very quickly. You don't have to go search for them or anything like that. They're there for you, and it's completely free. And by the way, again, I will I will never condone theft. I think thievery is bad, and I think people who are thieves are not good. However, there's nothing wrong with taking your spouse or taking your friends or taking anyone, anyone any loved one, taking their phone and just 
getting on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and typing in Views from the Shop Podcast and subscribing there and following on Twitter, on Instagram, things like that. Because you know what? Your interest should be your friend's interest. Your your interest should be your parents and your your siblings and your spouse's interest, all those things. And maybe they won't even notice. And it will make me happy and it will make you happy too. So make sure to do it. We're going to keep chugging along. We'll have another episode out this week covering Ohio State basketball for the season preview series. Appreciate you listening today. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.